the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thank you very, very much for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand Them for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, Bible questions, questions about anything going on in your life, whatever's on your heart. All you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app and as always if you are driving in your car the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen you'll be connected directly to our studio producer and all of that matters because Paula is live in studio today this is the date day edition of the program Paula welcome to the show thank you Thank you so much. Why are you smiling? I'm kind of smiling because you just talked to uh, an uh, air conditioning company, uh, and they have already texted me to say they're going to be at our house between 5 and 6. So, okay, we have to go now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All of that. We're, we're, we're having an air conditioning issue at the home, and that... <laughs> I made it sound like the nursing home, didn't I? At the at home. The home. Mm-hmm. At our house. Yes. Yeah. We're we're the home is in our future. It's just <laughs> not now. So um uh you know, trying to get an air conditioning professional at late notice is difficult. So mm-hmm. uh, if we have to cut out a few minutes early, we just <laughs> <laughs> He's gotta go. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> Paula, what's on your heart today? Oh, I just want to um be sure to invite the people who have Kids, kindergarten, it might even be a little bit more like pre-K through sixth grade to our vacation, Calvary Kids Vacation Bible School, because you guys talked about it, but you didn't say it was free. It's Everything's free here. Yeah, everything is free here. That's why, you know, the it kind of looks tacky sometimes. But anyway, um, 9 to noon, July 24th through the 28th, and I know they give them snacks and, you know, good stuff like that play games, of course, but it's all about Jesus. They get to learn um, new songs and new dance moves, you know, because we all dance on that Friday night. Uh, Are you going to dance again this year? Well, I got the songs, and, you know, I was trying to rehearse just yesterday. So, so far, so good. We'll see. You know, we don't have medical insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Come, Lord Jesus, come. But, yeah, so um, I just wanted to be sure to invite the people with kids and you know I, was, I heard the question yesterday about somebody saying they're they're old and they can't do what they used to do you know I can't climb a tree and and, and outrun the kids on my block either but I, you can still do something so I was really thankful that you you answered that question the way you did you know we can pray we can we can um kind of adopt other families you know grandmas are Especially grandmas are are amazing. 
I'm putting myself in that category because I'm a grandma, amazing grandma. You're a great grandma. You know, I am a great (laughs) grandma. Not not great like she's all that. No, just old. (laughs) Yeah. Got four and five, man, generations almost, four now. So, um, but yeah, that just because we're older um, doesn't mean we're useless. You know, we got rocking chairs around here that grandmas and great grandmas can hold the babies while, you know, the other people are doing other stuff. We get to um, pour into them Jesus. You know, you can kind of like, it's all about Jesus. When you grow up, you, you need to know. You know, we could subliminally get the message in to them. <laughs> yeah. We can sing the old, some old hymns or, you know, I'm in the new era of, of grandmas because we don't have to, we don't sing all the old hymns. We have new songs that are old now to <laughs> that fourth generation. But um, there's some grandmas who serve here. They, again, they serve the kids the food. They help with the the um, arts and crafts. They corral the kids, you know, don't go out the door, you know, kind of a thing. There's just a whole lot of things. That yeah, and, and it's it's nine until noon. And, uh, you know, one of the, the, the neatest things about um, the participation here is we'll have junior hires they can't come anymore Mm -hmm. so they serve and they're the ones that we have chased the kids all around but uh but but we have um um, older adults parents grandparents who also serve so that age group might be you know um 14 to 70 that's right and and that's that's just a great picture of the body the the great picture of the body of christ it's it's just an amazing thing to watch and um i think We've been this way from, from the very beginning. So for me to be um, with the dance team, it's like normal for them. We have never had just like, okay, old people over here to the left, you know. <laughs> um, the median age, you guys sit in the middle, and then the young people over to the right. It's never been that way. Worship teams, um, Bible studies, all of it. It's always been, you know... The cleaning crew, for instance, I don't know who the oldest one on is in there, but there's some six-year-olds that are in that group, and so, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm just kind of proud of the way the Lord said, no, 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 we're not going to split you all up. Um, we're all going to serve together. The younger people need to um, know how the older people serve. We're we're passing that on, and then the zeal, you know. Kids want to get up on the bathroom counters and and clean the mirrors. Well, we need the older people there to make sure they don't fall, you know. And it's you cool. know, Paula, yes, yesterday we had a, a question uh, from somebody comment, somebody who visited our church this past Sunday, mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, he or she said um, he, they were stunned by the the numbers of young people mm-hmm. and then ask how we do it. Well, mm-hmm. one of the ways that we do it is kids start serving here. Uh, we have a growing in servanthood ministry here where kids serve with their parents. We have kids uh, every communion Sunday uh, working with adults, passing out the communion elements. So service becomes a part of their everyday church life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just what they want to do. And it's mm-hmm. fun for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. And that they don't grow out of that. You know, when they, they come to church as a as a, a six-year-old and then they come to church as a 16-year-old or a 26-year-old, they're still serving because that's part of who they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it becomes a fun thing to do, uh, and they're actually using their gifts that God has given them to contribute. And mm-hmm. I think that's uh, one of the keys to to uh, to the fact that our church really is age blind. Yeah, it's yeah. a good thing because I'm getting <laughs> old, so it really is. Yeah, and there's a couple of people. You know, it seems like quite a few of the families have four kids, and once you get to four kids. You know, and, and let one of those moms say, "Ooh, I'm kind of tired." I said, "Well, you had 27 kids. That's what happens, you know." <laughs> but it's really kind of a, a really fun thing on the Friday afternoon when uh, Pastor Elaine does, you know, the closing of the Vacation Bible School, and they have an altar call um, to see the junior hires and the high schoolers and the graduates who all come back to participate how we do on um, 
Friday nights, Sunday mornings, how if somebody comes up for prayer, someone goes and joins them? Well, they kind of do it the opposite. They do it kind of like we do on Monday night. The leadership is standing up there, and if you need prayer for anything, people come up. Well, on that Friday, I'm all, I'm gonna, I'm going to cry. Okay, <laughs> let me get myself together because I can just see um, – it's like the older siblings of some of these kids are the ones who have been serving, and they stand up there to receive these younger kids who want to get saved, who want to ask, you know, for for grandma. She she lost her doggy, and she's real sad. Well, you know, help, Lord, would you comfort my grandma's heart? Those kind of things. And to see some of the siblings up there, and then these little ones going up to them for a prayer. Ron, it's the most precious thing ever. Um, and so I, I, I'm always there for that. I just can't, I'm not going to ever miss that until, you know, I just can't. Jesus takes me. But yeah. How do we have a lot of kids at our, at our church too? Not, not kids, young people. I mean, young people, you know, twenties uh, on down. It's just an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to be here. That's the thing. They want to be here. Even uh, when the, the men and women's Bible studies on Monday nights. Um, I pretty much right after COVID, you know, we still had the, the men and women because we've been doing this a long time. We we've, we've had our regular schedule. You know, after Christmas, there's a couple of weeks off. After summer vacation, there's a couple of weeks off. Well, the youth, the junior high and the high school, they're like, y'all can take weeks off if you want to. We're still meeting. And that was their choice. That's how exciting the Lord said a long time ago. And I don't think you maybe agree with me on this, but I think I heard it, Pastor Ross, where the (laughs) Lord said, the Bible, if you teach it, they will come. And so I think that's what was happening. Kids are, it's hard for the kids in public school, private school, this world, because they got to go out of church, and sometimes going home isn't the best place. Certainly sometimes going to school and other events are not the best place. And so the Bible, if you teach it, they will come. They get to learn how to be um, productive citizens in this world. You know, Paul, I think it's important that as pastors, um, um People like me, we we prepare our kids to go out into a world um, that's going to make following Jesus difficult, and that's why we teach the Word to them. That's why we get them involved in service. We want their experience with the Lord mm-hmm. to be personal. We want it to be intimate, uh, but we want it to be fun. Yeah, and uh, that only happens if you teach them the Word, and the Word transforms them, um, and, and that way, at least they have a fighting chance. Uh, if they're really born again, they'll stand up when mm-hmm. they go to college or when they go out into the workforce mm-hmm. or they go mm-hmm. into the military. Mm-hmm. And they won't be uh, won over by the, the wickedness in this world. That's so right. I, I just think it's really, really important. Yeah. Thank you, because that's kind of a segue into um, this past Monday night's The God Who Sees Me. Um, okay, before, devotion. before you go there, yes, I, I, I want to catch you a little bit off guard. Um. Things are changing here for us at Calvary Chapel. Um, 26 years we've been in this building. Now we've expanded it a couple of times Mm -hmm. in those 26 years. Um, But all of that's kind of coming to an end. We've made a deal for a building of of, uh, pretty significant uh, size Mm -hmm. uh, where we can kind of stretch out and put all of our ministries sort of under one roof. And um, what we want to be able to do is... uh, um, we don't want to say no to anybody anymore. People want to come. You know, we actually have people that can't come in on weekends sometimes, or they come in, they see how crowded it is, mm-hmm. and they leave. We've got kids five years worth of waiting list uh, on our, our our free school. Mm-hmm. We don't want to say no to those people anymore. And Lord has directed us to a building. So, what what I would like you to share is just kind of your heart and your thoughts for a moment. Um, what's going through your mind regarding this? All right, Pastor Ron, before I answer your question, 
I'm going to take you all the way back to when they first asked us about doing this radio program. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, right? I said to Pastor Ron as we're driving to the studio, you know, if um, I'm a little bit uncomfortable, so if no, if nobody asks me a question, I'm going to be okay. So just let it go, you know, let it go. And so, because, you know, you know me, Pastor Ron. I need like a couple of months at least to answer that question. <laughs> and so for you to just kind of throw me under the bus here, that's okay. Cause I, was, well, I did that on our first radio program together, too. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and it's amazing you live today. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no. Uh, what's going through my mind is, you know, I was the one that prayed for 30 people. You shared that last night. And then, okay, Lord, 100, that's enough, that's enough. Because I want to know everybody's name and, you know, know everybody's story and be able to love on them up close and personal. And yet, how selfish is that? <laughs> because it was all about, you know, me, my comfort. And, I again, it's a, it, I think it was a, a good idea because I wanted to know everybody and be involved in their lives and, you know, family and stuff like that. But um, the Lord said, no, I, I want a lot of people saved. And he has built a great foundation here. We have um, such a, I mean, our pastoral staff and their families are just amazing. Um, the leadership, you know, the pastor's discipleship class, that you should just be for guys who are going to be pastors. Now, this is a group of men and women, married and single, um, who just want to use the gifts that the Lord's given them to go out and share the love of Christ with so many people. And so I look around at this building that we have here, so <laughs> grateful, so grateful. And it's like... This, this, this building ought to be called, we had to, instead of Calvary Chapel of San Antonio, we had to be called Calvary Chapel of Tackyville. Yeah, but don't talk bad about my church, Pastor Mom. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so when people come in, and I, I, they always look around, you know, and I was like, are you looking at my Frankenstein bolts in the wall? And they're like, uh, well, we have a school here, free school here. I know it's pretty tacky. And don't look down. Don't look down at the carpet. And of course, they always do. And so I explained to them, but I love this place. I love this place. And it's not so much that it's the building, but I remember so many years ago where people were saying, you're never going to have a church up in here. In here. You're not going to have a church in here. And it was like the Lord was telling me, yeah, we will. We will. Well, Lord, why are everybody, why are so many people saying we're not? Well, they don't know me. They don't know what I'm able to do. And so to, to have the church here this long in this city to have watched Universal City grow up um, and that pretty much everywhere we go up and down the street that people know that we belong to Cabaret Chapel San Antonio. We have their best interests at heart. Um, I don't know. I love coming to this place. I think when we move my car and me are still going to come here. And like, oh, yeah, we don't live here anymore kind of a thing. Um, and I'm going to miss it. Uh, I'm not going to be like the old people, the temple, you know, the <laughs> temple, the temple. Um, but I will miss this place. All the memories that we have here. I mean, the very, the night before we were to move in here, and I was here and I heard that little boy say, Pastor Ron, no way we're having church here tomorrow. I was thinking, no way, we're having church in a month. <laughs> There's a lot of work still to be done. And yet, the, the the God who is who makes the impossible possible is the same God. And so I'm really looking forward, even though I'll miss this place. There's some things about it I won't miss. <laughs> <laughs> There's some things I won't miss, like in your little office um Restroom, studio, everything here. No, I don't think I'll miss this. <laughs> you know, the the uh, overwhelming majority of the people that listen to the program 
uh, you know, don't come to this church. And no. Don't haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> Um, but but I, I, you know we could figure this out actually. But I, I wonder how many thousands of times that we've set up the school and then torn the school down uh, to get ready for church because this building mm-hmm. we use every inch of it mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said people don't look down at the carpets. It's because we got 135 kids <laughs> that are are eating lunch on these carpets every single day. We can shampoo them and we do often but the next Monday it looks just like it always looked (laughs) and uh, you know you just think God God has been so good to us and yet uh, for me personally now Mm -hmm. and and I think I'm I'm sort of the reason but um, um, God has humbled me in this place you know, I, I'm the guy that gets the questions. Well, why is your church in a strip mall, and and why is it so small, and why is it so tacky? We have a lot of people. We pack, I don't know, fifteen hundred adults, and and who knows how many billions of kids in here <laughs> every weekend. Mm-hmm. And you just think, um, um, Lord, you've done all of this. You've done what what literally is impossible. All the church marketing experts say you got to have a lot of parking and you got to have, and, and thankfully in the center we have parking for Sundays, but, but, um, um, you, you know, if you're more than 75% full, you're chasing people off. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're wall to wall, three services every Sunday mm-hmm. and, and probably could be four if I wasn't so old and could do four services. Yeah. Uh, Nobody I mean, wants to do four services, yeah, well, Pastor Ron, it, young or old. Yeah, it's not possible. So, uh, you know, it's just, um, God has been so faithful to us and the work has never stopped, never even hiccuped a little bit. Um, because of this building, mm-hmm. and uh, people walk in. I was sharing in the Bible study last night that this church is sort of like uh, the tabernacle in the wilderness. You know, if looking at it from the outside, it's just like, ooh, it's just plain, and what's the point kind of thing. But then, It's the strip mall, and we're in the corner. Yeah, but, but then people come in, <laughs> and uh, what I told our church last night at the Bible study was, um, the inside of the tabernacle was glorious, yeah. a picture of heaven. Yeah. And that's what it's like when the people get here. Mm-hmm. You know, we come in on Sundays and typically we're pretty early and and uh, there's nobody here. The worship team's getting ready to rehearse mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But then as people get in, it's just like, like God's glory is coming in with the people. And it's just an absolutely wonderful, wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, we've got maybe... Um, our lease is continuing here till July of next year. So a year from now. Um, okay. And we hope to be doing Sundays and, and uh, our Bible studies uh, in the new building before that. Uh, the school can remain here mm-hmm. until that time. But but what we'd ask everybody just to pray for us. You know, mm-hmm. this stuff costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And because we do everything free, we don't have a lot of money. Um, I think that's the most exciting thing. It's it why is I look exciting. like I'm 208 years old. Uh-huh. Yeah. You don't look like you're 208, 210. Oh, no, that's even worse, right? No, no, you don't either. And you, and we do know God is able. So it's it's been an exciting thing just to see. You know, I mean, we've done so many things. And, uh, again, I'm the kite string. <laughs> and, and the Lord's holding the string, and he says, Okay, Mr. Kite, Pastor Ron, I want you to go over this way. And the kite string, we have no real choice. We got to go where the Lord is leading, but to see that we're still flying. Yeah, you know, Paula, we're going to have uh, enough space over there to uh, uh, put uh, Malta Medical there, our free school there, uh, and and also our free restaurant. We're, we're actually going to be able to open the free restaurant mm-hmm. in that in that building, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just a place where people can come and they're going to hear about Jesus. And uh, imagine the impact that that we can. We we don't have to say no to people. That's to me the the most frustrating thing. We just yeah. And this is definitely God's church, um, because He has brought all these people who have these fantastic gifts. I mean, we have some techie people, Ooh. sound engineers, uh, of course, worship people, um, cleaning people, the cleaning crew. You know, they clean this little church. The space where we are right now is 
one-fifth of where we're going. Yeah, a little, little more than that. It's actually with five and a half times more space okay. in the new new, new facility. Uh-huh. But our little cleaning crew, they're like, bring it on. <laughs> you know? I mean, they're just so, everybody's so excited. Um, we'll be able to, more people will be able to use their gifts. Teachers. It's just amazing. So I'm really looking forward to it. Even though, you know, you know more people, I we want to stay, remain small. That's the thing that, why I was praying 30 people, just 100 people. But now we have, and I'll, I'll talk about that uh, maybe in the next half, uh, we've kind of reproduced ourselves as far as, okay, this is how the Lord wants our church to be. And there's numerous people who have caught the vision. And I think what, what, why this is happening now, the Lord is saying, I can trust you in a bigger situation to do exactly what you've been doing. Yeah, and I said last night, I have no ambition to be a mega church. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't want to be famous. I don't want a bigger uh, church. I, I like <laughs> I like kind of flying under the radar. Yeah. Uh, but, but this is where the Lord has led. So, again, everybody, please pray for us. This is a big deal for us. And and uh, what did I say? I'm old? This You're not all that. too exciting for all that. Yeah, yeah, hey, no. we've got 30 minutes left in the date day show. Paula will take over now. 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show, 340-9585. Now to you in the audience, I promise now I'll be quiet and let Paula do whatever she was going to do. The God who sees me, that's what you were going to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so talking about young kids or kids growing up here. Well, you know, if you, you, you referred the people to go and listen to um, Amber's uh, devotion that went, was on Monday. Yeah. Anyway, she was in public school, and um, she didn't really want to come to Calvary Chapel Christian Academy. And quite a few kids kind of, you know, they kind of rebellious and, you know, just not knowing. I don't want to go to a church school. Yeah, I don't want to go to a church school. And so anyway, um, her mom, you know, said, okay, so you can stay at this school and or you could go over here and learn about Jesus. So you get to choose, do you want to follow Satan or do you want to follow God? <laughs> That's a good mom right there. Mm-hmm. But, I'm, you know, I'm, whatever you think is best for your life, you know, I'm going to, she said, I'm going to give you this option. She, and Hamburg was so cute. She goes, I was mad at my mom for three days. Now, who's not going to pick Jesus? You know, <laughs> she, I was mad at my mom for three days. She said, my mom knew I needed to be saved. Um, when she got here, though, she realized her siblings were very popular, and she wasn't. And, um. She was trying to, um, she had a bad, a bad fight thinking about her value. You know, I, I say a lot of times to young ladies, you just don't know your value. She was one of those that thought if she didn't have a boyfriend, she didn't have any value. That's right. That's exactly right. And she apologized to her mom. She goes, oh, mom, sorry, because she had to say something. She had four secret boyfriends that her mom didn't know about. <laughs> and so, yeah, we. she didn't. She didn't know her value. And the world is not going to tell you otherwise. The world tells you if you don't have a boyfriend, you're not complete. If you don't have this or that, if you're not sexually active, you know, what's wrong with you? I remember as a kid, too, you're a what? I'm a virgin. I haven't had sex with him. Well, how are you going to know if that's the, the person? And I wasn't even saved. And I was like, well, I don't think I need to know that now. You know, but anyway, um, she just had a a bad thinking about her value, and she said that she compromised herself chasing after happiness. And um, 
but people should go online and really listen to it because she came here and she did four years of her high school here. Um, yeah, and she has graduated. I don't remember the year. 2017. 2017 she graduated, and she is one of those um, in the junior high ministry and now uh, teaching not just young girls. And she's getting married to she, a guy that loves Jesus with all of his heart. Yep, so. yep. And she had a boyfriend when she got here, and she said, but she needed to get serious about her walk. And the Lord told her to let that boy go because she had made him the priority, even though he was a quote-unquote Christian. He, she had made him a priority, and she was the reason he was not hearing from God. Step away. That was very hard for her. And yet, she wanted to be serious about her walk. And obedience, full obedience, not partial obedience, is what um, has produced the life she's been living now. And so, it was just really a, a, a good one. And I'm so thankful to the Lord that um, we get to have these sweet summer devotions and the, you know, the different testimonies. Some of them are a little bit, but this one was really, really good. So I was thankful. And who's coming up next Monday? Boomy, I don't know how to say her last name. She's from Nigeria. Yep. Let me see. I should I should look it up so I can have some intelligence. Let me see. Boomy. Boomy Palmer Ogunmola. Say that fast. It's sometimes. easy for you to say. Yeah. Boomy Palmer Ogunmola. Yeah. So that's this coming Monday and at 7 o'clock. Yeah. If you want to listen to, to Amber uh, online, um, calvarysa.com, and just go to the recent studies, and she will be the first one in the Sweet Summer Devotions. You will be blessed. You know, Paula, for me personally, uh, you know, having watched her grow up, mm-hmm. um, to see um, a young 20s, uh, something like this, so committed to the Lord and so faithful in service, um, so full of joy, uh, so different than other kids that you see her age, uh, people her age um, who aren't saved, mm-hmm. uh, and, and many who are. Uh, she's just so full of joy. Um, it, it's almost like Jesus just sort of pats me on the back and says, that's what this was all about yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. That's what this is all about. Yeah. I'm okay. telling you, Pastor Ron, the Bible, if you teach it, <laughs> they will come. They will not just come to... Calvary Chapel, but they will come to their own senses. They will come to know their value, and they will come to let other people know what God can do for them, too. Okay, Paul, let me shift gears here. Okay. Um, you're ditching me tomorrow. Well, yes. Going to going to Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're teaching at a pastor's wives and ministry leaders women's conference mm-hmm. in Houston. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, if you've got a, a, a little bit of time, why don't you share uh, what you're going to be talking about? Okay. Well, the the theme of the conference is God's faithfulness. And my topic is God is faithful in our devotional life, which I don't want to talk about on this show because I'm going to teach that tomorrow. But um, my friend Mercedes, who was supposed to teach a workshop and another session, um, is injured and so they, a week ago today, no, a week ago tomorrow, the Yanni, the pastor's wife in Houston, uh, called me to say, I need you to teach the workshop. I was like, you know me, right? You know me, right? I need a couple of months. This is worse than a question. So, no, I didn't say that. I was thinking it, though, and the Lord's like, I know about this, you know. Before the foundation of earth, I knew this was going to happen, and you're going to have to step up and teach this workshop. So, <laughs> Okay, so it's the uh, to the assistant pastor's wives workshop. And so I was like, I'm talking to the Lord in my head. You know, I've never done this. I've only been the senior pastor's wife. I've not gone to a, an assistant pastor's wife session. And you know what he was saying? And then you come along, you know, because I'm like, they want me to teach it. Paula, what, what do you like about being a pastor's wife and what is the greatest thing about having your assistant pastors 
wives. And so for me, I think, not bragging, but God has brought around me, us, the best assistant pastor's wives ever. I don't know. We just got to, it's, it's like a family, um, the greatest thing. So what am I most interested in for our assistant pastor's wives? First, that they understand the privilege of being chosen to be their husbands. Help me. If it wasn't for you, you know, if you die or something, I'm not pastor's <laughs> wife anymore. Um, you know, so how dare you? So, but, <laughs> um, but the privilege of being our husbands being called to do this, especially, um, you know, I, I think back, uh, you weren't even saved. I just prayed for a guy to get saved and take me to church. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> and yet the Lord had a plan from before the foundation of the earth that, um, Paula, I, I, you're going to be a pastor's wife. I remember when you went to, you know, Calvary Chapel Bible College, and, you know, I'm like, dum 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 You're going there to, the Lord's making you a pastor, not even thinking that I'm going to be a pastor's wife until like a month or so before you graduated. But to remember, because um, I was thinking, are there classes for to be a pastor's wife? Like there's classes for you to be the pastor? And it's like the Lord said, remember, I called, um, I qualify the called. I don't call the qualified. You know, you can just relax, Paula, and I am the one who's in you to will and to act for my good purpose. And so um, remembering that, it keeps you humble, you know. It keeps you humble, and then you think about me being pastor's wife. Then you just are joyful. It's like who would have thunk, you know? <laughs> Only you the know, Paul, Lord. One of the common um, um, objections we get from the wives of men called to be pastors is, well, that, that's his calling. It's not mine. And one of the things I know you will share is, uh, excuse me, if he's called mm-hmm. and you're one flesh, mm-hmm. you're called too, so yeah. deal with it. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say it maybe a little nicer than that because I totally get it. I don't think it. you have to. I think that's pretty nice. I, I totally get it. It's like, you know, because I was mad at God because I said, look, I just wanted the man to be saved. I didn't want him to be the guy. You know, I want to sneak in like everybody else, just in the back row, you know, just say, hi, how you doing? Don't make eye contact with too many people. And then church is over. We heard a little bit of the word, and now we go home. No. The Lord says, I got bigger plans for you. And so, um, but I understand, you know, the intimidation of that one lady says, well, don't you play the piano or something, you know? (laughs) Let me tell a funny story. Before we left, and, and, and you were terrified. Yeah, I'm I mean, still terrified. Just, just the, <laughs> the idea of coming and being pastor's wife and, and this, I think, well-meaning lady. She was sweet. Yeah, she was sweet. Mm-hmm. But, but she kind of pulled you aside in California. Yeah. And she said, honey, and she was older yeah. than, than we were back then. Mm-hmm. She said, honey, now that you're going to be a pastor's wife, you can't act this way. Mm-hmm. And, and you got You can't wear your hair that way. Mm-hmm. And, and don't you have any dresses? Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you play the piano something. I was like, all those things I have to do? And I could, ju- I could just see the devil right there saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, those are the kind of things you had to deal with. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, because I, I, I was freaking out because you're going to Bible college to learn more about the Bible. And me, I'm like, I, I need some classes. <laughs> Somebody needs to tell me something. What do we do, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so I I totally get it where they say it's his calling, you know, because I used to be just so intimidated and frustrated, especially when other people would call me to come teach at their church. You know what I used to say? They're only asking me over here, Pastor one, because of you. <laughs> they expect me to be like you, you know, um, and yet uh, I, I'm, I've learned that God has called me, this unique one, um, to just be myself. And for the longest time, I, I was thinking, I'm going to have to remake her, whoever myself is, you know. <laughs> you remember, I remember at the beginning, Paul, I, I, you said, well, should I do this? What, what do I do about this? And how can I respond? To this? I uh-huh. said, Paul, just be you. Like, and you got so frustrated mm-hmm. one day, and you said, I don't know who that is. Yeah, yeah. The Lord is doing something because pastor's wife, that's not me, <laughs> you know, that that idea of what pastor's wife 
is or should be. So, yeah, the Lord just, you know, he says, I qualify the called, and um, you're not supposed to be like anybody else. You have your own style. I don't need to, to worry about that. And so to remain um, humble and joyful as he grants favor and success, you know, it's like every good and perfect gift is from above and okay. And I, I, I tell the Lord this all the time. <laughs> you call me and you got to do something with it. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> okay, at church, you know, um, that the ladies get the privilege of being at church. Um, not just one service, but numerous services. Um, and not just on Sunday. You know, that our, our group of ladies, they all know that. And for the most part, they're here. Um, yeah, and they they know that um, we are set apart. We're not, you know, we don't go places um, like at our retreats. We don't all sit together like, ooh, there's that group. You know, don't you wish you could be like them? No. We, um, this is our family. And um, we know that um, we're here to serve the body and not looking to be served by them. Nobody calls me first lady, at least not two times. <laughs> um, I am not first lady. Um, I am not the one who has a, a seat on the stage. I'm not the one that, you know, oh, we got to make sure she's taken very well care. No, no, no. That's my job. I'm here to take care of you. Um, and so our girls... You know, and this is not a boast at all. This is what the Lord has told me and you have taught um, that they can imitate me as I follow Christ. And I also tell them, hey, if you see me not following Christ, don't come over here, <laughs> you know. So, but meet new people. It's not, a, it's not enough to come to church, make a couple of friends, and then always hang out with just those, you know. Because some people think, oh, I know two or three people and that's enough. And they have to have just those two or three people. Our our ladies know that's not that's not the case. Paula, one, one of the things, and I, I don't know if you've got this plan to talk about to, okay. to them, but I think it could be important. You know, so many times pastors' wives uh, will get defensive and, and, and sort of uh, guard their hearts. And, well, it's because the people in church, they, they hurt me. Yeah. And, you know... Um, we're servants. Servants can't be hurt. Yeah. And we have to have that approach mm-hmm. to to what ministry really is all about. Yeah. Well, I agree with you, and then I don't because we do get hurt. Um, some, some of my best, most faithful at the time um, people have where I just trusted them. And then they end up being the ones that um, kind of let you down. And the Lord says, you had expectations. Um, but, yeah, you do get hurt. And yet the phrase, and all our ladies know this, hands down, heart open, which means you're going to be vulnerable and you will be hurt again. And people always let you down, but you let other people down too. So you can't be, like the Lord says over and over again, don't be afraid. Well, I'm afraid, but you say this, don't let the fear paralyze you. Well, don't let the pain keep you from opening your heart to love other people because you think they might hurt you as well. That's what I think you're talking about, right? Well, that, yeah, but, but the idea is um, Luke chapter 17. I think the idea of there the servant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, mm-hmm. is we're servants. Yeah. And, and servants don't get special treatment. Uh, servants just serve. Yeah. And when you do that, the, 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 the joy of the Lord mm-hmm. uh, washes over mm-hmm. you, and you're, you're able to understand that, you know what, those people, though they might cause me pain, um, God loves them. And my responsibility is, what do you always say, hands down, hands down hard open. open. Yep. And, yep. and um, um, because of that, mm-hmm. uh, I need to be available. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we've always said here at Calvary Chapel, Paul, is that when people uh, break our hearts yep. or just cause us immense pain, mm-hmm. we always want to be a place where they can come running back, yeah. where we can say, ah, forget about it. Yeah. You're sorry. Let's just start over again. Yeah, absolutely. And we want to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And and especially pastors' wives need to have that understanding going in. And unfortunately, too many pastors' wives, um, and, and let me say this, too many pastors as well, 
we get the idea that, well, this is all about us. So if we get hurt, then I'm justified in protecting myself. And we never are. Jesus, with both arms stretched out on the cross, said to one of those thieves that was hurling insults at him only moments earlier, um, said, today you will be with me in paradise. And that's 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 our responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the hard things being married to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> because, um, you know, I'm in the Word enough cause, so I know better. I don't want to expose my heart. I really don't. But uh, the Word says it's to one's glory to overlook offenses. It's to one's glory to overlook offenses. And my scripture that the Lord knows I've been praying this forever Genesis fifty twenty, you know, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, the saving of many lives as it is today, including, because Joseph is talking to his brothers. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, the saving of many lives, including you knucklehead brothers. Yes, yeah. See, if Joseph lived today, he would say, <laughs> look, uh, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good, so we're good. So we're good. We're good. Yeah. And that's what we need to be. We need to be that place that people can come back to yeah. after they've caused immense pain. Yeah. And we can put our arms around them and say, yeah. it's okay, baby. God loves you. Yeah. So and do I. And I missed you yeah. terribly. Yeah. And, you know, the Lord's been dealing with me. You know, the reason why we want to defend our hearts or, you know, protect our hearts is we don't want to be hurt again. But at the same time, the Lord says, yeah, but you want to be like me, right? Yeah. There's there's that pitiful verse. Paul says, we're sharing in the fellowship oh, of his sufferings. Yeah. Why did you have to say that, Lord? Mm-hmm. And we can't tear that out of our Bible. So yeah. we got to we, we gotta keep our minds open. Yeah. I, we t- I talked to him, Paul. We're inside five minutes. Okay. So I want you to go down to your list. Okay. This other thing, you know, taking interest in the people, but in praying for them, those who are new, a lot of people come in with, you know, an agenda. Some come in with pain. You can look in their eyes and kind of see. Or even those who are, who come back after causing pain um, to pray for them. And this is what you've been telling this church forever. And because I live at your house, <laughs> I hear this. You know, those who have caused you the most pain are those who are those difficult ones. The Lord will change your heart if you pray for them. And then you say this, even if you have to pray for them through clenched teeth. Don't tell me I don't listen, Pastor Ron. Um, Bless them, Lord. Yeah, but (laughs) to understand how much the Lord has forgiven me, how dare I not forgive others? Man, I hear you say that all the time, like, I am not coming back to church next week, because he he said this one more time. No, but, you know, we want to be like Christ. And so, as I talk about pastor's wives and assistant pastor's wives, you know, we don't want to just be talking heads. We want to actually live it out. And so, you know, coming to church, hands down, heart open, seeing some people who have not been the nicest, remembering that hurting people hurt people. And there's a reason for everybody who does what they do and that we could be like Jesus. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, you know. Um, that's really my. That's really what I want to be, Pastor Ron. Even though it's it's so difficult at times. We, we had somebody just this past weekend come back, and they've been gone for a long time, and and they said some really unkind things and untrue things, and and um, you know you just think, wow, what, what why did, are you here? What, yeah, what do we know? I, I thought, what what do we ever do? I mean, yeah. You know, we knew our heart, and God knew our heart. Mm-hmm. But uh, after years now, they just showed up back in church this past Sunday and said, "I'm back." Mm. Mm-hmm. And and you know what do you say? Well, wait a minute. Aren't you going to say you're sorry or something? Yeah. No, you just put your arms around and say it's good to see you. Yeah, it's yeah. good to see you. Yeah. See, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell people all the time, it's hard to come to Calvary Chapel if you're not serious about the Lord, because we're going to be called to the co- to the to the carpet. So I tell them exchange numbers, encourage people to meet other people. I usually take take them. I said, you know anybody who can you go out to lunch with? And if they say no, I was like, hmm. How old are you? What's your story? Let me see if I can introduce you to people. But you gotta, we gotta be caring enough to be involved with the people and try to remember their names. And then, for as far as our group goes, we hang out at our house 
you well know because you can't come over there, once a month for a leadership meeting where we have food, fellowship, devotions, concerns, and prayer. So that's when we get together. It's not that we get together at church and just talk amongst one another. No, no, no. We're at work. That's another thing you say. Sunday's work day. <laughs> so, so we have to plan a day during the month that we can just get together on our own. And thank you that um, even you've allowed us, the church has allowed us, just the pastor's wives. Um, now we've got 12 of us, 11 of us because there's 12 pastors, but one's still not married. So 11 pastor's wives, where we can have our very own retreat here in town. Um, that's where, that's once a year where we reconnect as well. Each one of us takes a turn. Uh, so is, is the, the assistant pastor's workshop, is that, uh, pastor's wives' workshop, is that Friday or Saturday? I think both of mine are, are Saturday. There's just, I think, one teaching Friday night. Okay, so Saturday. And then all day Saturday. Yeah. Well, I'll be praying for you. It'll be fun, I'm sure. And I just want to be what I... The Lord has gifted me with uh, the gift of encouragement. And that's all I want to be, is a, is a gift of encouragement to these ladies. Great. Hey, that's it. You can hear the music. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the date day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life, or we like to call it The Paula Show. May the <laughs> Lord bless you and keep you. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back here tomorrow on AM 630 The Word at 4 o'clock. We'll see you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.